When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ready to go inside the rock and roll world of Machine Gun Kelly? The all-new Hulu documentary Machine Gun Kelly's Life in Pink gives you intimate and unfiltered access to Machine Gun Kelly's meteoric rise to stardom as he overcomes self-doubt and haters to bring his authentic vision of music to his fans. The Hulu documentary Machine Gun Kelly's Life in Pink is now streaming only on Hulu. Welcome back to the Goldmine Podcast. This is Pat Prince, editor of Goldmine Magazine. And we have one of our longtime writers, Dave Thompson, who's our guest today. And we're going to be talking about uh, f- both both of our, uh, I guess, five worst Beatles, Dave. I, I don't think worst is the right word. I'm just up with a better I, word. Well, there isn't really a worst Beatles song, is there? I no, mean, everything they not. did was exquisite. I was listening to um, the Star Club tapes this morning, and I'm just blown away by what a great band they were. However, they, they maintained that throughout their career. What what would we call that? Is that a worst? Maybe um, unnecessary. Um, <laughs> Beatles fans are going to love this. I mean, but the you know five, what? How about the five that are maybe just ninety nine percent perfect, as opposed to a hundred? Well, I think even Beatles fans, you know, have come up with this. The Beatles songs they skip over, you know. I, basically, that's how I picked my songs. I I can honestly say I have never deliberately skipped over a Beatles song. I have. Um, I don't see how. <laughs> Pick up you, you put on you put on Beatles for sale, and I mean, it's like everything is just so perfect. But what isn't though? Come on. Um, first of all, let's talk about your new book before hmm. we go into this. Oh, are you? Am I going to talk about it? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, my new book is it's in a series called Decades that is published by Sonic Bond Publishing in the UK. And it is the story of the first 10 years of Roxy Music. So from before Roxy began up until Manifesto and the hit singles therefrom. Now that's that's your favorite. it's album by album, single by single, cover the covering the solo material as well. So Eno's stuff after he left, uh, Phil Manzanera, Brian Ferry, I mean, all of the solo stuff. Eno's own labels in there. Um, Paul Thompson's first band when he was drummer with his like little hard rock trio from the wild north. They're in there. Hmm. It was it was really fun. It was one of those books, you know, you just think I make a list of all my favorite Roxy music songs and you suddenly find that it's spread out everywhere. 
and you're sitting there raving about Phil Manzanera B-sides and things. It's terrific. Didn't they reissue? They did reissue like about, uh, was it the middle part of their career? No, they reissued Brian's uh, solo albums last year, I think, or the year before. Um, Allegedly half-speed mastered so that they will sound pretty much identical to how you expect them to. And then they did the Roxy Music ones. If you have the turntable. They came out, I think, earlier this year. And I picked up the first one and eh, if you've got a clean clean copy of an early pressing from 1972, it's just as good. Yeah, I have only, let's see, I have mid-level turntable. I would say, and uh, I've gotten some half-speed uh, mastering albums, and they did not, to me, sound as good. But it could be because I don't have the gear. You know? I, mean, I think that's it. If you've got, you know, like top-level turntable, top-level amplifier, speakers, you spent eight hundred dollars on the cables, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yes, the real audio porn stuff that we all look at and say. Hmm, another lifetime. It's kind of for audio audiophiles. That's yeah, not necessarily record collectors. But uh, I always think back to like the Mobile Fidelity series. Hmm. You yeah. play one of those on any turntable, and you could notice this sounds crisper. This sounds deeper. These not so much. Gotcha. Hmm. All right. Well, when does the book drop? The book is allegedly out now i think amazon am i allowed to say that the rainforest company are still (laughs) they're saying august i believe but a few people i know in the uk have got copies well we're going to try to get it in the gold mine store that would be good yeah and i'll do a plug here shop.goldminemag.com shop the gold mine store yes no they're a tenacious little company they put out i mean i don't even know how many books a year hundreds and you know think of an artist who was sort of reasonably popular from the 70s onwards and there's probably a book Mm. you know i've i've i look at their list sometimes i don't even know who some of these people are and there's others it's like really somebody wrote a book about them well i have fun reading your books even when i'm not a big fan of the band like i remember the hawkwind book it was so informative um i love it it got me interested in hawkwind yes i i enjoy writing them as well i'm (laughs) sure you do yeah Um, i mean my feeling is i'm writing for myself and if any anyone else likes it you know hurrah and you'd be glad to know as you know, goldmine readers probably know this, but you were the editor for the how many goldmine price guides? Probably for the last ten years. I'd say yeah, ten years worth, probably more now. Yeah, well, we have the last few in the store, actually, the last <laughs> uh, last editions. Um, I don't know if Random House will be publishing them anymore, but uh, I've not heard anything. But right. what but you can go to uh, our store and get the last few editions so that's good yeah i'm glad they're still circulating yeah 
Okay, so we'll get to the Beatles. Why don't I go first, okay? Um, I thought this song wasn't... Now, you told me that you didn't think picking covers was fair. Now, but I did because... Because you're unfair, because you're cruel, (laughs) the Beatles. Readers, I want you to know this. He is horrible to the Beatles. He's wicked and cruel and nasty. Not true. I, I just feel that, um, okay, like I said, I'm, I'm picking Beatles songs that I, you know, skip over. I just feel this, uh, the one I'm going to mention, my number five uh, was, it's filler uh, to me. And it wasn't really a great rendition. You know, it's okay. Um, please, Mr. Postman. Oh. Um, it's off of... It's on Beatles' second album on Capitol, even though that was their third release in the U.S., right? Um, <laughs> uh, it, it just, uh, you know, I always skip over it. And I feel like, you know, the original um, or other covers were better. You? So you actually, you'll be sitting there playing with the Beatles and you will get up, you will cross the room, you will yeah. raise the... The song's only two minutes long. Yeah, but, you know, uh, if I have it on CD, too, I skip over it. You know, you I just, play uh, CDs? Wow. I do. I have all the Beatles on CD. 21st century, man. Most most of their albums on album. And a lot of them are crunchy because I bought them at thrift stores. You know, I wanted to get the original. <laughs> um <laughs> Well, actually, the album, the vinyl itself, usually is pretty damn good. It's it's the cover, the sleeves yeah. that are always like, I mean, really trashed. Um, I don't know if people were like, uh, you know, lighting them on fire, using them to roll joints. I don't know what they were doing, but they're always dirty and grimy. But the vinyl, for mine at least, were always pretty decent i mean a little pops here and there but i kind of like the antiqueness of that too you know oh i agree i set out to collect all of elvis's albums and condition was not as long as the record looked playable condition was not a quality a qualification and i picked up some of the most beautifully defaced yeah i love elvis no you don't written all over them yeah. Um, I mean, they're great. They're like little works of art in their own right. Well, I, I usually play it on my secondary turntable, one that's, you know, not going to put my knee <laughs> oh, on. Oh, hark at him. Oh, I have 43 turntables. <laughs> okay, so what's your number five? My I number think- five would have to be Got to Get You Into My Life because that is one of the most annoying songs ever written. It is kind of stalkerish, isn't it? <sighs> Uh, yeah, well, there's or like a restraining, well. restraining order type song, right? And I think <laughs> what made it worse for me was there was the cover version by Cliff Bennett and the Rebel Rousers, which, as I was only five when the record came out, I heard that before I heard the Beatles. Oh, see, that might have ruined it for you. They lavished it with trumpets and things, and I'm not <laughs> the world's biggest <laughs> trumpet fan. So, By the way, readers, this is pre-1967. Dave already did a, what was it, 67 to 70? Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, so I was hoping the art department would actually mock up a copy of the 67 to 70 uh, <clears throat> hits collection with the four faces looking over the balcony being sick, but they didn't. <laughs> well, my picks were all pre-1967. Yeah, mine are. Maybe uh, some of Ringo's songs, like Octopus's Garden, which you have to you know, there are certain areas of the Beatles that I think are too easy. You know, it's like, oh, I don't like re, uh, Ringo songs. I don't like Revolution Number no. Nine. I don't like cover versions. But I actually like Revolution Number no. Nine. Oh, I don't think really like. yeah. so, I mean, it's such a great ending to the album, and then you have you know, Good Night come on, come up, come up at the end, and it's like that is just the most perfect ending to any album. Well, particularly side four. It builds up in creepiness. Okay. <laughs> well, so I mean, creepy, creepy in a good way. Okay, um, creepy in a good know, way. Take me back is so ghostly. And then you go, number nine. It's like, that is fabulous. Yeah, I, I just thought it was fun. Yeah. And of course, if you listen to it back uh, backwards on headphones, they're actually playing the entire Rolling Stones catalog. Yeah. <laughs> At least the satanic majesty. <laughs> okay, number four for me is Dr. Robert. I don't need to go into the meaning behind this song. Do we really need to? I mean, I just, it, it just seems to me like um, it's a good song, but it's not, a to me, a great song. It's one of those songs, I think, where... I mean, we like our songwriters to write about, you know, personal experience, etc., but it's too much of an in-joke. It is. Um, tax man, and Taxman suffers in the same way. It does, but people can relate to that. I can't relate to Dr. Robert. I don't care what the history of his, it is. Oh, you know? Obviously, you hang out with the wrong kind of medical people. Yeah. <laughs> and it's on Revolver, which is supposed to be one of the masterpiece albums. And I always skip over that song. So. Isn't it not to get you into my life on Revolver as well? Yeah. Yes, that's not my. That's not my pick. I actually that album has a lot to answer for. I think we all just get carried away by here, there, and everywhere, and tomorrow never knows. Can we just admit that Rubber Soul is better? Oh, Rubber Soul is my favorite Beatles album. Yeah, it's a, it's a better album, I think, than Revolver. Even though I think you know, there's a lot, like you said, there's a lot of like masterpiece songs right however there are a few good songs are not great um now so you know like i said i always skip on that and another song's coming up i'm gonna pick from revolver but you go what's your fourth i was gonna say sticking with revolver i think you know there was a very big change in the beatles attitude towards their own success at that point and I do wonder if they had reached that point of we can get away with whatever we want and people would love it. It's like, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but it was like Jimi Hendrix, you know, he could go out, play a show, basically drop his guitar and not play a note all night. And people would still say he, it was brilliant. And he complained about that himself that the, the reaction he that, got was you are brilliant the one thing that worked for them in that regard is definitely the album art 
since they didn't yeah. let the corporation pick the art, <laughs> a lot better. <laughs> I would yeah. have liked it if yesterday and today stayed as its original. I mean, that was a good statement against, he was supposed to be against the Vietnam War and the hypocrisy that was going yes. on with the dead babies. But um, anyway. Um, um, well, I would go with I'll Follow the Sun. Really? Yes. Is it too lullaby-ish? What is the... It's just not... I just didn't that's, think it was... <sighs> that's what I like about it, you know? Really? Yeah. I mean, the, the whole album, um, Beats for Sale, I think was something of a misstep. Oh. Um, that goes against your was... original statement. Or, or was that sarcasm? <laughs> uh, that was sarcasm. Right. I th that was one of those times where, because the US label sort of carved that up a bit and put... Yeah, they... They yeah, made it's one of those rare occasions where the American version's probably better than the British mm. or the American equivalent. But as you know, the Beatles absolutely hated the American record company for doing well, yeah, because you know, they you know, it wasn't their track listing, it wasn't. I mean, I don't blame them. I mean, you know, the Stones hated theirs. The Kinks hated theirs. It was right. sort of the rigueur, wasn't it? You know, we don't like what our American record company does. But yeah, yeah I'll follow the sun. I find, oh, supremely annoying. Okay. <laughs> so that's, that's one where you'll cross the room and pick up the needle? No, I just don't play the whole album. <laughs> Okay, I can, so I can honestly say I probably even when I really want to hear like all the Beatles albums in a row, I always miss out Beatles for sale. Well, is it really an album? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> um, I never really think of it. I have it, but I never play it. No. <clears throat> all right, so plus there's too many, there's too many ill-considered cover versions on it as well. It seems just yeah. The, Plus the fact that when you look at it, it just feels fake. Yes. Like, you know, uh, the record company just like put this together in five minutes. Oh, let's get a Beatles promo shot. And, oh, you know, the Beatles. It does feel that way, doesn't it? Goofing it's around like a little. Yeah, it just, it doesn't. They didn't take the same care with it as they had. Oh. You know, the albums immediately before and after. Yeah, it's almost like they went to a stock image and said, oh, let's get these playful Beatles photos. Yeah. Well, yeah, it just it didn't work. Um, I don't even know why they had to put 65 on there besides it being the year. Like, what's the significance of that? Like, oh, it's um, out 65? Oh, big deal. You'll be 65 before you can listen to this entire record. <laughs> anyway, my number three uh, and... Uh, again, I always skip over this because I feel like this is unnecessary. I think it's out of context. It should have stayed on the soundtrack. But Yellow Submarine being on Revolver and... But a, it'd be difficult for it to have stayed on the soundtrack being as a movie hadn't been made at the time. It shouldn't have 
but it's <laughs> and the movie was actually based on the song, so the song had to come first, and they had they to really just together. kept it on the side and put a song like "Hey Hey Bulldog," which is one of my favorite, which wasn't written at the time. <laughs> sure, but I'm, hey, this is this is like you know, we're taking our, a step out of music history and just say. I what, think with Yellow Submarine, I mean, either you're going to love it or you're going to hate it, but it was. It was a welcome diversion. I, I would say it might have been better being kept as a single. Okay, let me put it this way. Yeah, I agree. I like it when listening to the soundtrack. Mm. However, I don't like it when it's on Revolver. Well, it's, you know, I think in your eyes, it's a rare moment. Or, you know, it's, yeah, it's a rare moment of jollity on an album that you really don't seem to like. Well, it's no, I do like it. Uh, songs a lot, I should say. Um, I do like that film, that animated film, it's fun, yeah. Um, and the sound, I mean, the soundtrack was great because we did get Hey Bulldog, that mm. is a great song, which yeah. should have, which really should have gone on, gone on an album somewhere. I mean, there could, there, I mean, and I know people have compiled it from you know, for various under the cover or under the under the uh under the radar albums but you know there's a, there's a great album that could be made from the stuff that didn't really make the albums like it's all too much yeah and why didn't yeah. american company think of that one yeah you know some some of the beats you know multiple versions of revolution would have been great on an album <laughs> revolution not revolution number nine how about just Revolution Number Nine remixes? <laughs> I'm sure that's been done. Could be like Lou <laughs> Reed's Metal Machine. The <laughs> yeah, vocal. Can you imagine an a cappella number, a Revolution Number Nine? <laughs> just strip away all the sound effects and just have the voices. <laughs> people would buy it, Dave. In surround sound. You tell me, people wouldn't buy that. Oh, I would. I would. Well, yeah, you would, but you know, anything with Beatles mentioned on it would be bought. Yeah, you know, and I mean that goes back to what I was saying about they reached a point where they knew that was the case, and Ooh. I'm not going to say quality control maybe slipped, but they got a little more ambitious than maybe they should have in places. Well, George Martin was into it, that's for sure. Yeah. And you know, George Martin just gave them free reign because he knew that you know whatever they came up with, he could actually go further out than they did. Yeah, I mean, how would Eleanor Rigby sound without the strings? You, know, you would like it, huh? Eleanor Rigby's not one of my most beloved songs. <laughs> it's not in. It's not in. Is that coming list. up on the list? No, it's not actually. My next one is right. Misery. Yeah, even yeah. though lyrics are better than, say, Dr. Robert, <laughs> it, is, it, it is kind of uh, good. But the lyrics are better, but the tune is quite... Uh, yeah, the song, it sounds like it was written by Morrissey, and um, it just, but it seems like a filler, right? I think the lyrics could have been written by Morrissey, but the tune is. <laughs> when Morrissey was a baby. <laughs> it's it's far too it's far too sort of 
nuanced is not the wrong Since you're going on timelines, Morrissey would have to be a baby at the time. Yeah, and he could have written it, I think. He's older than I am, so it would have been like (laughs) five or six. I mean, one thing I have, one problem I have with the Beatles, and I have it with a lot of 60s bands, is like I lived through them once. And, you know, when they were there and new releases were a surprise, my mum was a huge Beatles fan. Um, so it's like every record, you know, came into the house and I'd hear it endlessly. Yeah. Um, so it's like I lived through it once and then the 70s arrived and the Beatles had broken up and it's like, hurrah. And all of a sudden we're living through them again. It's like syndication on television, right? Yeah. And then, you know, the 80s, you know, it's like, okay, are we going to have a Beatles free? Nope, we're not. And now when you, you go out and go to your local record shop and there's like nine-year-olds in there buying Beatles records. Well, there was a time, I would say about 20 years ago, where I, I even made the statement to a friend, everything the Beatles have written, everything is great, right? Yeah. And now, you know, I think I was just, uh, I was in the moment then. And uh, now he disagreed. And I have to say that uh, he was right. There are songs that are just good rather than great. Um, and there are some, I think, that have just been played so much. And it's not the song's fault, but, you know, there it happens are to every band, you know. It does, but there's more of the Beatles ones that seem to get played a little more than the I just, song. but there's cer- certain songs I never get sick of. Like I don't get, never get sick of Come Together. I never get sick of Revolution. You know, there's certain songs that I just will never get sick of. Um, um, side two of Abbey Road. I, yeah, I feel that way about. Yeah. I never get sick of that apart from something, which, but I don't like picking on George's songs either. You know, so he had to fight so hard to get anything on an album. It's like, okay, it's all right, Joel. When you get Frank Sinatra to admit this was a great song, (laughs) (laughs) you know, him and the Rat Pack didn't really like rock and roll. Um, That's saying something, no pun intended. Uh, But listen, okay, the next one for me, number two, uh, another cover, A Taste of Honey, which to me... Sounds a little bit too giddy. And I, I to tell you the truth, I um, it sort of sounds to me like a barbershop quartet. I, I preferred the instrumental that Herb Alpert did um, on his uh, on whipped cream and other delights. Uh, yeah. Funny enough, that song was used, not the Beatles version, but a version of that song was used in a TV commercial when I was a kid. There was a Lenny Welch 62 version of it. Yeah, though but whoever it was, it was a it was a TV commercial, and I pretty sure I heard the commercial before I heard the Beatles version mm. of the song. So it's like, oh how weird, they're covering a TV commercial. Well, here's a fun fact. Do you remember the band that covered it in 2018? They were an alternative rock band. The Shins. Did they really? Yeah, it's, it's actually not that bad. But <clears throat> again, I would still skip over it. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it, it doesn't bug me that much. I think because, you know, A, it's a cover, B, it's a TV commercial. Okay, but you um, know something? That Herb Albert version is great. 
Um, I like. Yeah, I've. I don't know. I never fell for the uh, the that nice loungy music thing. Really? Yes. It's just like nope, bored now. Please stop. I know a couple of record collectors that have every time they see that album, they pick it up because usually it's about a dollar, and. <sighs> I'm sorry, it's very popular amongst record collectors. Well, do you remember, was it, <clears throat> gosh, it must have been early to mid-90s, there was a huge revival in all those 60s easy listening. Oh, yeah. Um, a lot of times the for point, the covers alone. For the to album. the point where Sub Pop started to sign new lounge music bands. Yes, and that's true. It totally baffled me. It's like and there were a lot of we... compilations, not yeah. ones that would pick songs from the past, but through their own lounge versions. Yeah, French um, lounge, British I lounge. Never. That was you know most revivals. I can sort of see something quaint about them, but that yeah. just left me completely <laughs> polaxed. Well, anyway, I'm skipping a taste of honey. That is uh, one of my least favorite, to say the least. How about you for number two? Um, I'm, I'll Be Back has often disappointed me. It yeah. struck me as, you know, a, a nice song too far. <laughs> but, you know, I also look at Rubber Soul, which is like, Utterly unimpeachable. I think Michelle is. Oh, I like that song. Come on. So do a lot of people. I mean, of course, I don't, I don't care who Michelle is, just like I don't care who Dr. Robert is. But you is know. there a Michelle? I don't know. <laughs> um, I hope Jane actually hit him then. Um, so I'm sort of torn for number two, but I think I'll go with I'll Be Back. Okay. Well, Can my. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Could you even sing I'll Be Back? No. No. I hate. Can you say it's forgettable then? <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> it's a shame we're not doing this on live radio. We could have a contest. First person to call in and sing I'll Be Back without having gone off and listened to the record wins. <laughs> wins we're what? Talking about our other top 10 least like Beatles songs. Okay, my uh, my number one, man. One that I wish they never covered. Chains. <laughs> um, this one I can't even listen to, man. So I tried. I tried, man. Um, <sighs> but it's gotten to the point where I can't even listen to it. And I think it's, if I'm if not mistaken, it's sung by Harrison, isn't it? Know, it's from the 64 album, Introducing the Beatles. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Hmm. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna disagree, but I'm not sure. Uh, and the lyrics are kind of goofy. It's like you know. It needs but again, to... it's a cover, so you can't blame the Beatles for that. You could say, well, you shouldn't have covered it, but we don't know what deals. I mean, the lyrics literally say, like, this is not literal. <laughs> These are not chains. They're not. I don't. I don't think you literally. <laughs> I don't think being literal and writing a good pop song are necessarily uh, 
Link. Do you need to mention it? Like these are not the kind you can see. Uh, these oh. are not real chains. I don't That's know. Actually quite a clever little. Did you think so? A little song, yes. Well, maybe, I, I mean, I like the original. I like the Beatles version. Maybe you're you're Carol King fan by heart, and you just not don't know. really. Although she did write, it's not. It might as well rain until September, which I do adore. Right. Yeah. We we could do five best Carol King songs. Sure, I guess you could. Would anyone listen though? Well, no. But how about five best Shangri-La songs? Everyone would listen. Probably. I think the Shangri-Las are my favorite band of all time. Are they? They're up there. Wow. <laughs> so you really hated one of my picks, right? But didn't the Shangri-Las do Please, Mr. Postman? Or am I, no, that, that was the uh, Marvel yeah, you're, right, you're right. They have, may have done it as a sort of a dodgy filler on one of the albums, but... So yeah. you're a big Phil Spector fan? No, I wrote a book about Phil Spector, gosh, about a decade, no, longer than that ago, a long time ago. And I'd never really paid that much attention to him. It's like I knew, I knew the story, I knew the music I liked, but I'd never really dug deep into the Spectre catalogue. And I was astonished at just how much I ended up really, really loving I got a good Spectre story for you, but it's too long to go in here. But um, he contacted Goldmine from prison when he was alive. Ooh. Yeah, I'll tell you about it offline. Yeah, maybe ask for some. Yeah, maybe we could have a whole podcast on it. <laughs> yeah, the Phil Spectre podcast. That'd be fun. Okay, so what's your number one? Ticket to Ride. Really? Hmm. Come on, man. That's a good song. Good pop song. How old was I when that came out? I was five or six. And it was the first time me, mum, the Beatles fan, brought home a Beatles record and played it. And I didn't played like it. Played it and played it. Just, it wasn't even that she played it and played it. It's just, I didn't like it. I mean, let's and, that sometimes songs are ruined for us because... You know, you're playing the association game to an experience. It wasn't even that. It was like, you know, she put it on and it's like, don't like this one. <laughs> and I don't know why it was like, you know, when you're young and you take an instant dislike to tomatoes or. You never had a ticket to ride? Pardon? Never had a ticket to ride? I hope not. Just. <laughs> That's kind of alarming, doesn't it? I didn't mind the Carpenters' version, funnily enough. What? Yeah, I didn't mind their version. Um, I, I completely it, avoid that. It redeemed okay. the song in my eyes in some way. Um, it didn't have, it was, I think it was that guitar line. You know what it is? It's Karen Carpenter. She was a fantastic vocalist, right? Mm -hmm. And good drummer. But, you know, <laughs> I just... <laughs> I just felt like it, like Meg White, right? It was like kind of. Um, I think that's a little cruel. Um, Carpenters, her, like Meg White. I mean, the Carpenters without Karen would not have been the Carpenters. It would oh been, no, there would be no chance, man. Yeah, um, you know, he was a great arranger, but he was a great arranger because he knew he had that voice to work with. Right. 
Um, if she had sung like, I don't know, um, Toya, he would have had a lot harder job. Right, not to get off track here, but carpenters sometimes like make Morrissey seem happy. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, you just talk about getting down. Yeah, they're terrific. And the album they did, was it Yesterday and Today, where Side 2 was you know, the radio show and they just sing bits of oldies? <laughs> essential listening. If, if you could take the DJ out of it. If only the Beatles uh, were still around in the 70s uh, together, they could have covered a Carpenter song. Yeah. I'm surprised Klaatu didn't, actually. Oh, Klaatu. I actually like Klaatu, but <laughs> we can actually have an episode on that. Um, um, yes, can I not be involved, please? <laughs> <laughs> it was a friend who told me I must have Klaatu if I'm a Beatles fan because of the whole story behind it. That's like saying you have to have Ricketts if you're a Beatles fan. <laughs> oh, no. So it's too bad we couldn't take our 10 songs and make a compilation album. That would be a great compilation. The it? least favorite Beatles song. And, yeah. we, and we can we can pick a cover, an image for the cover that's disturbing like yesterday and today. And well, uh, I think my 67 or 70 with the four heads hanging over the balcony being sick <laughs> would be a great cover. But then we pull the album back and we paste something generic over it. And yes. Shown, and then in 50 years, it could be a great collector's item. Less than 50, wasn't it, for the Beatles? <laughs> for eight minutes. <laughs> for the Beatles, but not for our compilation. Our compilation is going to have to have a half century. <laughs> I don't think anyone's going to peel it either. The, the, no, uh, because Beatles fans will actually look at it. <laughs> there are Beatles fans who would look at that and say, those are my favorite 10 songs. Yeah, they, they would. Um, which, is, which is another great thing about the Beatles. I mean, with the other bands, with other bands, I think you can meet like huge fans, but there'll always be a few songs they'll admit are not good. Whereas I noticed after... Um, my piece on 67 to 70 ran on Facebook, on the Facebook comments. Yeah. There were a lot of people denying that the Beatles were even physically capable of writing a bad song. But there were a few, now you got to give a few Beatles fans credit that said. Oh, there were some who just disagreed with the ones I chose and found, you know, five I liked. Because if, <laughs> they, were, if they were all honest and I'm being honest here, cause I'm a, I'm a big Beatles fan. I'm not, you know, crazy Beatles, but um you know i told you i once made the statement that every song they did were was a great one now um of course i recant but you know um i just think that if everyone were to be honest they would have five to pick yeah but I it would be funny to you know in a while do five best beatles songs right and we would have people calling up and disagreeing. I know oh, that one's rubbish. Yeah, actually, hey, Bungalow Bill would be my five. You know, hey, hey Bulldog would be my underrated 
pick for the top five? Uh, no, mine would be Bungalow Bill. Really? Hmm. That's one yeah. of them. I don't think Lennon liked that song too much. Well, well I'm sorry, John, but I do. <laughs> <sighs> but did Paul like it? Of course. <laughs> I don't think there's a song. Paul is one of those guys who couldn't pick five bad Beatles songs. John could go probably all day. Yeah. If we're still alive and pick like 30. <laughs> he would have a field day. But but Paul, no, I don't think Paul would ever admit there were a bad. He might pick some of the covers. He might pick some of the yeah. covers. And say we really well, could have done. Have you ever played Obladi Obladar live? Uh, I I I don't have a problem with that song. I know oh. Lennon hated it. I he hate it. Was, he thought it was one of uh, you know <laughs> Paul McCartney's. I think he called it Grandma's song. <laughs> That's and that is, I think, my most unloved Beatles song. Uh, um, and again, you know, there was the ghastly cover version by Marmalade, which was number one for about eighteen years. Um, so you kind of got this. That one. You kind of got to ground into you, right? Because sometimes a record is so successful, it doesn't matter how good or bad it is. You just cannot bear to be in the same country as it well we should have our next <clears throat> episode on the beatles be about the worst cover worst covers of the beatles oh worst covers of beatles songs oh that and best be best covers yes there are some good there are some good covers out there i really liked fanny's version of hey bulldog well let's save it for you know yeah. our episode dave let's not Give away. Oh no, I was I was just giving people <laughs> a trailer what they can expect. Of course, our, our listeners don't know when you're being sarcastic or not. Actually, I do <laughs> like Fanny's version of Hey Bulldog. Okay. You know what? I haven't heard it. So when oh, I get yeah. off this Johnny podcast, do it. Yeah. Fact, you play the entire album. Um, I can't remember which album it is. It's the one Fanny is good, yeah. White uh, cover, the four of them sort of sitting in a triangle. Um, One of those bands that should have been more popular. Yeah, definitely. But, but anyway, um, so what are you working on now that you're, you've uh, you have a new book coming? I know you're very prolific, so you don't stop. I'm currently writing a book about the recorded history of the child ballads, which was 305 traditional English and Scottish songs that were gathered together into mm. a single volume by a 19th century Harvard professor and are now regarded as the gold standard of traditional song. It's like these 305 are it. So all the books about them and all the studies concentrate on the songs, you know, prehistory, mm. um, what it's about, you know, how it could have been written, how it had survived up to the 19th century. I'm doing it about how they've survived since the 19th century. Oh, okay. And for people who are still scratching their head, um, Gallows Pole by Led Zeppelin was a child ballad. Oh. Um, Matty Grove by Fairport Convention. Scarborough Fair by Simon and Garfunkel. Barbara Allen by absolutely everybody, including Dolly Parton. You know, these are all child ballads. Well, 
Gallows Paul is kind of a morbid one for a child ballot. Oh, <laughs> no, don't even say that. My book's <laughs> original title was We Will Stab Him With a Pin, oh, which, um, <laughs> which is a line from a child ballad, but my publisher <laughs> thought it might be a little um, misleading. All right. Well, thank thank you, listeners, and uh, for Beatles you, fans, I hope you uh, I hope you don't kill us. So I know yeah. they all appreciate our honesty, and they're going to go away. And they're going hey, to hey. I was honest to say I'm a Beatles fan, and there are five songs at least that, and most of them are covers. But and one I think is out of place, which is Yellow Submarine, and. Dr. Robert could be a B-side. Yes, I'm not. I'm not Prince, that's Dave Thompson. I'm going to respond to that. <laughs> and tune in next time. And don't forget to go to goldminemag.com. See you later. Bye, Dave. Bye. At Lowe's, every pro is an MVP to us. It doesn't matter how big or small your business is. If you're a plumber, roofer, electrician, or remodeler, your business earns back when you spend, gets exclusive offers, and paint rewards. It all adds up to help drive your business. Join Lowe's MVP's Pro Rewards and Partnership Program today. Minimum purchase required. Earnings and paint rewards awarded as Lowe's e-gift cards. Exclusions, restrictions, and more terms apply. Filed through 12 See Lowe's.com slash L slash pro loyalty terms. Subject to change. U.S. only.